I'm about to invite Pastor Paul to the stage to kick off our Holy Spirit Hears More series. And before I invite him to the stage, I just want to maybe give, our, uh, give us a chance to get into the right mindset of things. I haven't written this down, so it's probably going to be a bit all over the place and rambly. Apologies. Um, but I was listening to a, a, a sermon, it was a bit of a discussion with Pastor Judah Smith a, a while back, and he was talking about some theological disagreements he had with this other, other person, theologian, pastor, speaker, I can't quite remember. And at one point, Pastor Judah Smith said to the guy, when was the last time you had something wrong about God? And the guy was like, oh, what, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, no, no, tell me, tell me the last time you realized you had a wrong understanding of God. And the guy couldn't think of a time. And I'm not coming to you now to present that all your thoughts and understandings of God are incorrect, but to invite you into the exciting space of knowing that there, there are parts of God that we do not understand fully. And so I want us to come into this space with humility and a space with joy, with the exciting thing that that there is more to God than we can understand. There is more to our current understandings that we can grow on. And there will be spaces during this series where I feel like you'll be pushed. There will be spaces during this series where you'll feel like, ah, this is perfect, this is exactly what I wanted to hear, finally you're preaching the truth type of thing. And there will be other times like, I just want you to come into a space with a humble heart, with a joyful expectation that you do not know everything about God, And this is a chance for you to wrestle with what you do know and what you do believe. This is a chance for you to be discerning and actually listening to what is said and a chance to be open to God for him to reveal himself more to you. Hey, how are you doing? So we've got our new speaker with that. It's all right, she can stay there if she wants. Uh, But with that, would you please uh, make a warm welcome to Pastor Paul. This is the best. So good. Good morning, everyone. You're looking good this morning. No more sickness here. No more sickness at all. I was a bit worried during the week, I must admit. Uh, I was a bit worried that I was uh, coming down with something and I was a bit... Light on my feet on Wednesday, uh, Wednesday, no, not Wednesday, I was feeling great on Wednesday, on Friday, and I was going, oh no, what's going to happen, I'm going to have to get Pastor Kyle to preach again, oh no, not again, but praise God I'm here, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, that's really wrong, <laughs> not again, far out, can't have him too much, we love Pastor Kyle, um, look, exactly what uh, he's just shared with us, uh, we just want to be ready for what God wants to speak now. And some, for some of us, uh, and this is not just today, this is over the next nine to ten weeks. Well, ten weeks, we've got a break in the middle with Mother's Day. We just want to be really ready for what the Holy Spirit might reveal to us. And uh, just to grow in Him, to understand more about his heart for us to understand more from a theological point of view. What's, who, who is the Holy Spirit? What is his purpose? Who is he? Uh, to experience him and to really uh, just be ready to take a greater step. I just really... Uh, many times over this period of time, we are going to ask you to basically sit there with your hands open wide.
and just say, come Holy Spirit. Because there's a work that he can do that we can't. There's a work that only he can do that we can't. And so you just need to be ready and open and willing and letting the Holy Spirit speak. There's a ministry that, that to, right to the depths of our being that only God can do. You know, I can put some words together and Pastor Kyle will brilliantly put some words together and others and Ron's going to speak and Sharon and Pastor Chi and we're going to do our best. But ultimately it's going to come when you create space in your own life to say, God, I want to hear from you and I want to be willing for you to change me and open my eyes to who you are in a greater measure. So I would encourage you to do that, not just when we have the kaboom at the end of the service and we got, we're saying we've got an altar call and we want people to come up the front and be prayed for or all that kind of stuff. Not just then, throughout the service, throughout our preparation for coming to church on a Sunday, we're just preparing saying, Lord, would you have your way? Have your way. Speak. Come, Holy Spirit. Because he speaks and he ministers in a way that no one can do other than him. So as I've said, we're starting a journey seeking to understand, experience and be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I just really want to encourage you to come every Sunday prepared. And every Sunday. Come on this journey with us. Come on a journey with us. The success of this journey will be mostly dependent on the space each of us clear for him to have his way in our lives. Amen? You know, why are we doing this series and why are we doing it now? Because as the leadership of the church, we believe we are at a pivotal point, a crossroads in the church, where there is a deep hunger for God and his presence coupled with a desire to see his mission fulfilled in our lives. We, we, we want to build disciples who represent Jesus to everyone, everywhere, with everything. And we believe this vision is absolutely not possible unless every believer is filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Not possible. Not even, not even worth trying. This is a spiritual mission. And we want to see a culture shift in our church. We want to see a culture shift. Where from a good understanding of the purpose, equality and personhood of the Holy Spirit, each of us grow to have an active relationship with the Holy Spirit. With a sense of awe yet intimacy, we communicate with him continually as a person, not merely as a feeling or an emotion. And then out of this place, we will be empowered to live lives as overcomers, confident in our place. In God's plan, ready with all the passion and tools to represent Jesus to a world who aren't familiar with this kind of fullness in a Christian. Can I say that that really, when I, when I wrote that yesterday, I just thought, oh, that's so true. The world is not familiar with an on-fire Christian. Yeah, maybe an annoying kind of on-fire Christian, but I'm, I'm talking about somebody who is just in tune with the Spirit and ready to respond however he wants. The world is not familiar with that. And we want to be those kind of people that are alive in the spirit with that constant conversation backwards and forwards and then it overflows to our life. Amen? Yeah. I just want to share with you a bit of a rant um, that I had in my journal about why we want to focus on the Holy Spirit. 
Pastor Panin said I wasn't allowed to keep it in my, uh, my original thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is a bit of a rant that I wrote in my journal. Because I am, I'm sick and tired of Christians being heavy, drab and down. Yeah, I'm sick and tired of it. Not realising the fullness and the relationship that the Holy Spirit, who is God living with us, is seeking to have. He so much wants to reveal who he is and enable us to join with uh, what he's doing in his kingdom. And I want to live like that and I want as many people to live like that too. Amen? Amen. I want to live like that. I want to live like a like alive. Yeah, we, we go through suffering, we go through pain and we've got to walk through those dark times at times. There's no doubt about that. But as, as, as we were talking about weeks ago, God did not come to save us from the pain, but save us through the pain, save us through the suffering. And we walk through that and we walk with him, hand in hand, walking with him. And the more that we know him like that, we will see amazing move of God. So the aim over this nine-week journey is to help people understand that the Holy Spirit is more than an experience. The Holy Spirit is equally God and is a person and is a feeling. Sorry, is a person and not a feeling. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> equally God and is a person and not a feeling. Yes, we will have feelings. We will have emotions. When we come face to face with God, you're going to have emotion. You're going to, you're going to feel something. But I tell you what, too much... We, we may know this theory in our head that he is a person, one of the Trinity, equally God, but so often we don't act like that. We, we act like I've come into worship and I felt the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you probably felt the Holy Spirit, but did you relate with the the Holy Spirit. You can't relate, you can't have a relationship with a, with a feeling, you can only have a relationship with a person. We want to help people experience the God, the glory of God dwelling within with this peaceful presence, freedom and deep ministry of God as he indwells their life and the fullness of his life in us. You know, and as part of that, we're going to have pre and post Pentecost Zoom prayer meetings on a Thursday night beginning on May 11th at 8.30pm. And also we're going to have seven thir- uh, on 7.30 is Saturday, May 27. I can't wait for this, but we're going to be having what we're calling a Pentecost pause. So Pentecost is on the Sunday, Sunday the 28th of May. But the night before at 7.30pm, we're inviting the whole church to come here for a prayer and worship night where we come before God and we just seek him. Seek him. Be on our knees. It's what we're looking forward to. The third aim of this nine-week journey is to help people be empowered to live every day, to overcome and to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, I, I want that. I don't want to be doing any ministry. I don't want to be living without the whole power of the Holy Spirit. So would you join me on that journey? Nine weeks seeking God. Through the Holy Spirit. There's going to be some differences in our services over this time. The difference is, the first difference is that everybody's going to be early to church, all right? Yes, amen. 
Everyone's going to be early to church. And I mean, seriously, uh, please aim to be early. Get the kids checked in early uh, and be seated before 10 a.m. Because we want to go on this journey together and enter the presence of God at 10 a.m. And uh, it's just part of us doing this journey together. Amen. Um, You can also join us at 9 a.m. if you really want to be early uh, for prayer. We're going to aim to have less announcements Now, we're still working out how on earth we're going to do this because we realise that people really only listen to announcements when they're said from the pulpit on Sunday mornings. Okay? We put them on our website, we put them everywhere else, but people only listen when Pastor Kyle gets up here and he says the bit and we all go, oh, that's right, monthly chapel service uh, is going to be on, you know? But in this time, we're going to do our best to reduce the number of announcements because really what we want to do is have a service that flows a little bit better. And uh, we're going to have all our announcements on the website, at the What's On page. Uh, Most of you you will receive our Friday Clayton News email and, and, and we've got various other methods that we'll prompt you with. But it's over to you to keep abreast of everything that's going on in the church, okay? All good? All right. We trust you. The third thing that's going to be different in our service is that no service is going to close for this period of time without an invitation to come to the altar. And we're going to have pastors and our prayer team here waiting. Now, an altar is traditionally a place used for sacrifice, worship and prayer, and that's exactly what this place is. Coming to the front to lay some things down to worship or to pray. I want to change something here. I really want, I really want you to hear this. Coming to the front is not an admission of guilt. It's not saying I have a problem or it's not only for those who really need help. It is for those who are seeking to know him more. For those who are seeking to lay down their lives. For those who are seeking prayer for a fresh anointing or an infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is for those who are saying, I want to join with my brothers and sisters in whatever God is doing amongst us. I just want to be part of it. And at the end of the service, we don't want you to just kind of say, Amen, good message, nice songs, see you next week, what's for lunch? We want you to say, come Holy Spirit. We've started the service with that, we end the service with that. Come Holy Spirit, do what you want to do. Speak the way you want to speak. And whether you come to the front or not, we want you to take time, whether it's going home or praying with a friend or praying with the person next to you in the seats. We want you to dwell, linger, hang about and seek how the word of God that has just been spoken might be applied, might come alive and you might encounter the Holy Spirit when we pray with our brothers and sisters up the front or with those right next to you. I believe it's a new day for Clayton Church of Christ in our response We're not going to push. We'll let God do that. Just don't ignore him. And there's a couple of thoughts about our posture in this time. In our journey in the Holy Spirit. Our posture 
We want to move from folded arms to open palms. From folded arms to open palms. To move from don't come too close to me to come Holy Spirit. In fact, if there is anything that you are going to remember in this time, anything from all of this, it is the phrase, come Holy Spirit. Because the ministry he does when we've opened our palms and our hearts is far beyond any thought or concept we'll ever achieve. Come Holy Spirit, have your way. So right now, that's what we're going to do. It's going to open our palms, open our hands. We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to be here and for him to have his way. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. In you I live. And in you I have my being. We lay down our preconceived ideas of who you are and what you want us to do. We create space for you to come. We trust you because you're a good, good father. So we only give good gifts. So we trust you now and we're just going to be confident. You're not going to turn us upside down in a way that hurts too much or makes us look weird or strange, but you're just going to meet with us right at the point of our need, right at the point where we can where we need to expand our understanding right at the point to empower us to step out into the world tomorrow or today and just be your representative show the world that we love you as naturally as possible but empowered by you so lord come holy spirit come Amen. Now, I've just got to share with you just something that just came to mind, and it's just uh, on Friday night we had life group. I'm sitting in life group, and uh, one of our members just shared their heart, and it just opened up the pathway. It's like cleared some space, and this is what we're talking about, cleared some space for for us to do it as well. And then with a brother, I was sitting there after the meeting and we were just praying. And I tell you, we just kind of sat there and just waited for him to speak, waited for the Holy Spirit to speak. Now, I'm tell you, telling you this because I'm a pastor and it's like, you know, perhaps I should have everything together. But I tell you what, the Holy Spirit met me then, right there, when my brother and I just waited. And then together we came before the throne room of God and he met me. And he met my brother. 
So it's real, isn't it? The Lord is real. The Holy Spirit is real. And we cannot. We cannot say that it's sort of, we've worked it all out. This is what I'm getting at. We cannot say that we've worked it all out. Amen? I haven't worked it out. Seeking God still, every day. And I pray that each of you is seeking God every day, getting on your knees in your bedroom and just saying, come Holy Spirit, speak your word. Clear space for you in my life so I know you more. Help me to represent you. The Holy Spirit is so real and wants to meet with you. Now I've got to get it together and speak. (laughs) Praise God. So today we're beginning our series. The He is More series. And today is the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. We're beginning our series to understand more about how the Holy Spirit was promised throughout the Bible. But to start with, I would just really want to clear up any misconceptions that we might have that the Holy Spirit was not prominent in the Old Testament because he was. Some Christians seem to think that the Holy Spirit was like a stranger in the Old Old Testament and to Old Testament people. But in reality, the Spirit of God is much more quickly evident in the Old Testament than even the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. Right from the very first words of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is present. In Genesis 1, he is actively involved in the creation of the earth. And we see it on the screen. In the beginning, Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, was hovering over the waters. Right there at the start. Shortly thereafter, in Genesis 6, the Holy Spirit is said to be involved with creation and specifically in dealing with sin and dealing with humans who are already messing up in Genesis 6, uh, as we are still now messing up. Then Genesis 6, 3 says, Then the Lord said, My spirits will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. And then we start to read about how the Holy Spirit came upon specific men and God's people by appointment. David was aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and he didn't want to lose it uh, after he'd been confronted about his adultery with Bathsheba. And in Psalm 51, 11, he says, Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. He was vitally aware that the Holy Spirit was active around him. He was keenly aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit and how sin grieved the heart of God and the potential without repentance, without clearing space, without making right, that the Holy Spirit was not able to dwell in close proximity to him. Now it is interesting to note that the Spirit's coming on the men in the Old Testament was totally of God's choice. 100% of God's choice, rather than God responding to the initiative or even uh, uh, the great spirituality of a man, generally speaking, men didn't kind of expect the Spirit to come on them, nor did they do anything to prompt it. It just seemed to happen. God took the initiative and men responded accordingly. 
And in some instances, the Spirit's descent upon men seems to be, have been permanent and perhaps signaled by some unusual manifestation. But in the case of, say, King Saul, for instance, the Spirit was given... Uh, was also ta- the spirit that was given to him was also taken from him when the kingdom was taken away. So God was ready to take, give and take away the spirit in those days. And then in a strange set of circumstances, when, when Saul was not even close to God, far from God, and he was seeking to kill God's anointed, David, in that place, Saul prophesied. He wasn't close to God. But Saul prophesied. The Spirit came on him. He found himself in an environment where the Holy Spirit was powerfully present and he prophesied. We have other examples of Samson on whom the Spirit came only at certain times. There was a time when he was, there was times when he was overcome by the Holy Spirit and given strength, but his life was an absolute moral disaster. He was not dominated by the Holy Spirit, he was not a spiritual man. But he was a man dominated by his own flesh. Or more to the point, he was dominated by foreign women. Now all of this to say that God's work is divine work and therefore we are in need of divine power. Even men of faith seem to have a limited grasp of God's ways and they also have limited power. Therefore the ministry of the Spirit was necessary in God's wisdom, despite the ignorance and the weaknesses of men. The Holy Spirit was God's way of assuring that his will was accomplished in the world through men and women. And that was the case then and it's still the case today. Then we get to the prophets, where the Holy Spirit comes becomes a, a frequent focus in their writings. God used these men, the prophets, inspired and empowered by the Holy Spirit to reveal his will and his word. And when, God, when men spoke in the Spirit, they spoke for God. Okay, When the prophets spoke, they spoke for God. And when men disobeyed the word of God, they were regarded as not only having resisted God, but resisting the Holy Spirit. Now in the prophetic books, this is when it kind of all gets turned upside down. And we start to get an understanding of how the Spirit to be promised in the future, especially once the Messiah, Jesus, came. So this is where a lot of this stuff is foretold. For example, in Ezekiel chapter 36, it foretells that the people of God will be cleansed for their sin and from idols. And ultimately, through through Jesus' death and resurrection, that the Lord will give them a new heart of flesh rather than stone, and he will... Put his spirit in them so they can follow his word. And he says, you will be my people and I will be your God. And then we get to the most, perhaps the most well-known prophecy concerning the spirit and in the whole Bible. And that's Joel chapter 2, 28 to 32. It says, and afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Now, this is a change. This was a change. This is where we're changing what's going on here. God was to pour out his spirit on everyone, including the Gentiles, which is you and me. Unless we've got some Jewish people here this morning, that's the rest of us. He was going to pour out his spirit on everyone, 
Not just his appointed, anointed people that had happened in the Old Testament. Everyone. Previously, only God's chosen people and Israel were expecting the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But here, in going forward, he was going to pour out on everyone. And we go on, it says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions, and even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Now, contrary to how the Spirit had come upon men previously as chosen by God for an appointed time, now all people, young and old, male and female, servants and free people, will experience the Spirit. Obviously, uh, they had to have accepted God's salvation afforded to us by Jesus' death on the cross. But this was revolutionary, people. This was revolutionary that everyone could receive the Spirit. The Jewish hearers of this word would have just been going, what? No way, this is not right. It's only for us. And we continue, and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. No limits. No walls. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord would be saved. Obviously this prophecy was spoken and promised in the Old Testament before Jesus walked on earth, before he died and rose again, it was for, and it was fulfilled in the New Testament. And we will we'll open up the book of Acts as we go through this series. And in Acts 2, at the harvest feast of Pentecost, seven Sundays after Easter, which for us is going to be May 28, seven Sundays after Easter is, the, is Pentecost. And Peter recalled this, this scripture at that time when it was obvious that the Spirit had come in power as promised on the people gathered. That was a fulfilment of prophecy. Fulfillment of what was promised in the Old Testament. And then we move to the New Testament. Before we get to Pentecost, there is so much in the New Testament where Jesus promises and prepares us for the arrival of the Holy Spirit. So much. In Luke 11, after Jesus teaches us how to pray, he immediately encourages us to ask God for things, to seek him. So you will receive, so you will receive. And he finishes the passage by saying, and we've got it on the screen there, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, he's talking to us, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more? He gives good gifts and he wants to give it to us. Here Jesus proposes that the good gift we need to, is, is something that we need to ask for. It could have been anything. 
Could have been freedom from hardship, comfort or healing, but no, the good gift that the Father in heaven wants to bestow on us is his Holy Spirit, which is God in spirit form to reside within us, God within us, the best gift, God within. Amen? And in John 7, in John 7, in the middle of Jesus stirring up the religious leaders in the temple and then then them getting ready to arrest him, uh, in John 7, 37, it says, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from them. By this he meant the Spirit. Whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. This is crazy talk, I tell you. This is crazy talk. Imagine any one of you, imagine me getting up on Sunday morning and say, look at me, if you need anything, come and drink from whatever I give you. I'm the source of your, the fountain of, of, of everything that's going to be good in your life. I can't say that, but he did. He got up in the middle of the temple that day and he said that. They would have thought that he was a madman, a prophet, perhaps, but mostly a madman. But he was indeed the Messiah. And Jesus says that he is the source of these living waters. That he was claiming to be God, and he was. And he was inferring that the Spirit was coming, and those that had the Spirit would never be thirsty again. Amen? Never thirsty again. And not only that, but this living water will overflow and pour out of us. It's not just happening inside of us, it overflows outside of us. And that is what we seek the Spirit to do who resides in us. To sustain and feed us, yes. But then to flow out of us, overflow, and so we represent Jesus. The Spirit is not just for us, but for everybody around It is so important, so important that we realise this. That if we are going to do anything, anything in the kingdom of God to represent Jesus, anything, then we must have an active relationship with the Holy Spirit who sustains and feeds us. Must. The Holy Spirit makes scripture come alive. When we read it, it comes alive and it applies. Ministers to our deepest fears and brokenness and gushes over and flows to others so naturally because the Spirit is alive. So alive. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be honest with you that I don't find it easy to prepare for preaching. I don't. In general, no matter what I do, I'm almost always preparing up to midnight on the Saturday. Thanks, Wade. (laughs) Obviously, that impacts on family, and they're really gracious to me. Because they're on this journey too. It's not like I can get... It's not like I can't just get the stuff together. I can get the scripture together. I know what I'm going to speak about. 
I know the structure. I've probably got an idea of any illustrations that I might want to use to help make a point, but that all comes during the week. But the wrestle I have is getting myself out of the way, overcoming my fears that I can't put two words together. And dealing with any inadequacies that often fill my mind. And I finally get to the point where I'm so thirsty. And this came about 3.30pm yesterday. So thirsty. Had all the stuff in front of me. It's all there. How does it make sense? How does it drill down on my heart? I couldn't get over that hurdle. I was so thirsty for God to move. I got to the point where I was so thirsty because I realised I can't do this on my own. That I can only drink from the fountain of the Lord and the ministry of the Spirit to my heart. Sometimes I am absolutely turned inside out. And it's both the most amazing and the most painful feeling all at the same time because there's generally something getting dealt with deep in my spirit because it's the Holy Spirit trying to deal with that stuff in me. Inside my heart. But through all of this, my prayer is that in this process of being sustained by the Holy Spirit, that it would overflow and rivers of living water will flow from within me to you. That's my prayer. It's not me. It's to you. I've got to be changed and broken and turned upside down and cleared space so the Holy Spirit can drop and move in me so that I can then speak and you can hear and then the same process happens in you. I'm not the master here. The Holy Spirit is wanting to speak to each of you right now. Not me. Not me. But a work that needs to be done at all points in our lives to open up a clear space, be ready for the Holy Spirit to move. Amen? And that's what we're seeking for you to do. Over these nine weeks, it's clear space. Open up. Be ready. Palms out. Seeking an active relationship with the Holy Spirit where rivers of living water will flow from within us. There's so many more scriptures from the Old Testament, New Testament, and promising the Holy Spirit that you know I could have unpacked. But we just don't have time. But I just want to summarise. I just want to summarise and give a few reasons why it's really important, really important for the Holy Spirit to be promised so long ago. Why is it important to me? We need to understand this. That our individual life walking with Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit is part of God's greater plan. Part of God's greater plan. We're not just living this Lone Ranger, stand on your own kind of Christianity here. God sees us in part of his greater plan. And the Holy Spirit being sent to be come upon us at salvation and in the infilling of the Holy Spirit is part of God's greater plan. So I really want you to get that. We're not on our own. You know, there was a song years ago uh, called God's Great Dance Floor, and I don't want to—I don't, don't want to say that the premise is from Scripture that there's a dance floor in in the in the Bible. But I love the imagery. I love the imagery. 
that I have an individual dance, and no, I'm not going to dance for you right now because it's just not, it'll distract you. I'm so good at that. But I have an, indiv- I have an individual dance where I'm putting in all my might, empowered by the Spirit, but it's on God's dance floor of the kingdom of God. And it's not just me, you're all there too. We're all dancing just the way God has empowered us to do. You're all there too, as with the believers from all time. And as we dance together, we are somehow in sequence with one another and dancing this beautiful dance together for our King who sits enthroned above. Beautiful. Come on, let's dance in the Spirit. Let's get up. No, let's don't. The second thing I want to say is that we have, or you have, been on his mind since time began. And I know that somebody needs to hear that today. You have been on his heart, on the Lord's heart, since time began. He's promised an infilling. He's promised his presence within you. He was always preparing us to be close and in very real relationship and have a revelation of him. He needs us to know that we are not insignificant, yet we are also not the centre of everything. He is. But we, we have a creator. We have the creator of all things. The creator of all things who promised the Holy Spirit, God himself in all his fullness, to reside within us and minister to us and with us. All of that speaks volumes to how much he loves you and you and you and you and me. The Holy Spirit within, God's presence residing within you and I. You have been on his mind since time began. And thirdly, That God is always looking forward. God is always looking forward. It didn't end when Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. It didn't end with the priests and the sacrificial system of unblemished lambs. It didn't end with Jesus ascending to heaven. No, he promised another advocate to come and help us and be with us forever. What an ingenious business plan. A self-perpetuating, always renewing, filling of himself into every believer of all time. Unbelievable. Beautiful. Some say God is dead. No, no, no. God is not dead. He is in you and me. By his spirit. Alive. Amen. Amen. He's in you and me. So as I've said about a thousand times now, if there's anything that you're going to get from this whole period of time is to be able to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to say, come Holy Spirit, because it is He that does the work. And so over this time, we're going to encourage you we're going, we're going to, next week we're preaching on the, the, promise, uh, the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit and the, the week after the ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
And so we're going to be unpacking theology, understanding about what his role is and who he is. And and we really want you to have a good understanding, a really good understanding. But throughout this whole time, throughout this whole time, we don't want to just say, oh, we're just going to get a whole lot of theory and then we're going to jump into experience and then we're going to jump into being empowered. No, right now today, I'm going to, I'm going to sit at home when I come to the Lord every day, and I hope you do come to the Lord every day. I'm going to sit, I'm going to be quiet before Him. And the reason I sit and I plant my feet solidly on the ground rather than kind of slouch back or cross a leg, but I, I try to get in a posture where I'm ready to wait. But I would encourage you to be doing this every day as you come and just try and spend time with the Lord, whether it's two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, but you're just coming before the Lord and you're saying, come Holy Spirit. Now let's do this now. You're sitting, I'm sitting. I'm just going to say, come Holy Spirit. We want to meet with you. We want to understand your heart. Have a greater revelation of who you are and your character. When I interact with you every day and get to know you so closely. Of course, we, we recognize that you are God and we glorify you and we put you in the highest place. But we're so thankful, Lord. So thankful that you came in the form of a man on earth to live and die and rise again to conquer sin and death and then you sent another advocate another helper somebody that was going to reside within us that was going to minister streams of living water that would flow within and flow out we're so thankful for that so Lord I ask that over this period of time in my life and in the life of every person who is sitting here today and everybody who is online that we are we, we, Lord I pray for a movement of your spirit like never before I pray that we understand more of who you are and the way that you want to meet with us I pray Lord as you ministered to me on Friday night right to my core right to the being of where I was was anxious I pray Lord that you would minister in such a way that is so gentle to so many people here that they would open up their lives and be be willing for you to, to reside within them and speak your word of life and make the word of God come alive and speak your word so Lord we, we, we submit ourselves to you come Holy Spirit come come today come tomorrow This is our posture. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way.